0: The Bradford Exchange presents The Classic Radio Theater with your host, Carl Amari. Countdown for blast off. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Richard Diamond, private detective.
1: The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Suspense. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks.
2: Dragnet. We offer you escape.
1: Kraft presents the Great (laughs) Gildersleeve.
3: I'm that man, Matt Dillon, United States Marshal.
2: (laughs) Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum.
0: The Jack Benny Program. Welcome, everyone, to Episode 12 of the Classic Radio Theater. Each week, the Bradford Exchange and participating sponsors bring you three hours of the Classic Radio Theater, featuring programming from the golden age of radio. This time, we'll hear two half-hour comedy episodes of My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball. We'll begin after this break. Lucille Ball and Lee Bowman auditioned for the roles of a married couple in a radio pilot for a new comedy drama, My Favorite Husband, based on the novel Mr. and Mrs. Cougat by Isabel Scott Rorick. The concept was very well-received, and within a few weeks, the weekly sitcom was established. Bowman was replaced by Richard Denning, and during the first season, the Cougats were renamed the Coopers, who lived in a little white two-story house in the bustling small suburb of Sheridan Falls. Sometimes forgetful, always lovable, Liz Cooper was constantly embroiled in situations that took an unexpected turn and showcased Lucille Ball's flair for comedy and her wonderful sense of timing. Liz was the wacky wife. George Cooper was her ultra-conventional banker husband. Character actor Gail Gordon, who would work with Ball numerous times over the decades, appeared on a regular basis as Rudolph Atteberry, George's boss. Jess Oppenheimer produced and directed the series and wrote most of the radio scripts. When CBS asked Lucille Ball to come up with an idea for a television show, she and Oppenheimer reworked the concept into I Love Lucy, replacing Richard Denning with Ball's real-life husband, Desi Arnaz. Time now for the first of two comedy episodes of My Favorite Husband. In this first one, Liz changes identities with her maid, Katie, so Katie can impress her old boyfriend, Roscoe Miller. Here's Lucille Ball in My Favorite Husband. We present Lucille Ball
1: as My Favorite Husband, a new series based on the delightful stories of Isabel Scott Rorick's gay and sophisticated Mr. and Mrs. Cougat. Two people who live together and like it, starring Miss Ball with Richard Denning. Well, let's look in on the Kugats and see what they're doing. It is morning, and Katie, the maid, is in the kitchen. Oh, no, wait a minute. That's not Katie. It's Liz, and she's just served George his eggs without bothering to tell him that she cooked them herself. And now George is taking his first mouthful.
4: I'll bet he can't tell the difference between Katie's cooking and mine. Oh! I wonder how he knew. Liz,
3: what's happened to Katie's
4: cooking? These eggs are awful. What seems to be the matter with them, dear?
3: Oh, well, look at them. Is it such a trick to cook two four-minute eggs? Uh Uh-oh. What's the matter?
4: They're four two-minute eggs. What? Or was it eight one-minute eggs? Oh, well, it's all your fault. Mine? Yes, why don't you eat scrambled eggs like everyone else?
3: (laughs) Oh, Liz, I I can't believe Katie has slipped so badly. Is is she ill?
4: Try the coffee, George. Some nice hot coffee will make you feel better. (sighs) All right. What do you think of the coffee, George?
3: It reminds me of my childhood.
4: Oh, you you mean like your mother used
3: to make? No, I mean the time I fell off a boat in the Mississippi River.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
3: What's going on around here? Katie cooks a rotten <laughs> breakfast and you're crying. And...
4: I cooked your breakfast myself. <laughs>
3: Honey, you you cooked it? <laughs> oh, why didn't you tell me?
4: What difference would it
3: make? Well, a lot. For you, this food is delicious. Ah! Oh, honey, now no, no, stop it. I'm sorry if I hurt your feet <laughs>
4: Yeah, that's it.
3: Here, here, take my hand. Come
4: Thank you. I guess I did make a mess of everything. But I tried.
3: Sure. You did. Come, come here, honey. Let me kiss you.
5: Oh, all right. Mm. <laughs>
3: Ah, oh, that's the best breakfast in the world. It is? Oh, yes, that's much better than Katie could do. What? Ah. <laughs> I mean than Katie could cook. Oh, you know what I mean.
4: Hold uh, me tight, George. Okay. Tighter. 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 Oh, but Liz... Go on, pretend I'm a watch and break my crystal.
5: <laughs> uh, <crazy. laughs>
3: Well, I I guess I'd better get to work.
4: Oh, George, you can't go without eating. Here, give me those eggs. I'll boil them some more for you.
3: Oh, no. I'll I'll eat downtown here. Say, today isn't Thursday. Where is Katie, anyhow?
4: Oh, she's up in her room. There's something wrong, George. I guess she's sick. Liz? What? uh,
3: You didn't cook breakfast for her, did you?
4: Oh, get out of here. (laughs) Mrs. Cougart, you shouldn't ought to do the dishes. Oh, Katie, why didn't you stay up in your room? I'm practically finished. Just one more dish and I'm through. I'm
6: through. (laughs) Are you feeling any better, Katie? Oh, I'm not really sick, Mrs. Cougart. I'm just worried. Worried? Are you in any kind of trouble, Katie? Yes. You see, I have a boyfriend, Roscoe Miller. I haven't seen him in 15 years. Fifteen years? Now, don't you let him rush you into anything.
5: (laughs) Oh, no, I
6: won't. You see, we've been corresponding. Roscoe's very wealthy, and somewhere he got the idea that I was wealthy, too. Uh, Someone wrote and told him I travel in fancy society.
4: Well, now, who told him a thing like that?
6: I did.
5: Oh. <laughs>
6: well, I had matrimonial designs on him, and I wanted to, to sound glamorous. And, and now he's coming to town, and he'll stop in and see me. Oh, what'll I do, Mrs. Kugat? Well, can't you write to him and tell him not to come? No, I send him a letter, but he'd already left. It was returned to me
4: here. Let me see. Dearest Roscoe, I was utterly charmed to receive your gracious note and hastened to reply as soon as I got done reading it.
6: Uh, Those fancy words don't sound like the real me.
4: Well, the real you keeps popping through every so often. In your last letter, you said my dinner party sounded like I was eating with the upper set. I don't know how you could tell from way out there in Kansas, but as long as you're interested, I now have a new lower set and can eat better than ever.
5: Oh, Katie,
6: it's a lucky thing this letter came back Oh, Mrs. Cougar, what'll I do? I just can't let him know I've been fibbing to him I'll go out of town Oh, now, Katie Oh, I can't see him I know I'll kill myself Oh, now be sensible There must be something we can do (gasps) Of course It's very simple I
4: saw them do it in a movie once the lady of the house played the maid, and the maid was the lady of the house. <laughs> It'll be kind of fun, Katie. I'll be your maid, and you can be everything you said you were. Ooh, do you really think we could get away with this? Certainly. Meet Liz, your new maid. If you want anything, just call, ma'am. <laughs>
6: I think this dress of yours fits me, Mrs. Cougat. There. How does it look? No, not that one, Katie. It's too tight. Oh, but it's such a pretty shade of yellow. I know, but it's too tight. You look like a ripe banana. (laughs) Oh, really? It's not bad. Let me walk around in it. I'll show you. All right. (laughs) What was that? Banana split. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. That's all right, Katie. It was an old dress. What about this one? Oh, it's beautiful, but I might split it, too. Well, I guess we might as well give up. I'm just too fat for your clothes.
4: Oh, fiddle-faddle.
6: Well, that's just it. My fiddle's okay, but I'm too big in the faddle. <laughs> well, try it on. Yes, ma'am. And you've got to remember
4: I'm not ma'am. I'm Liz, the maid. All right. Liz. Good.
6: Now, you remember that, won't you? Yes, ma'am. Oh, Katie. How does that dress feel? Oh, fine, except for one thing. I can't sit down. Oh, you're exaggerating. Oh, Mrs. is here. Give me your apron. There, Do I look like a maid? Oh, you look okay. And now remember, let Ross go in, take his hat, and show him into the living room. All right, all right. Now, you go on in. I'll get the door. Oh, I'm so excited.
4: Good afternoon. Is the lady of the house in? Yes. Madam is expecting you. May I take your hat? Oh
0: sure, here.
4: This way, please. There she is. Well, aren't you going to say anything to each other? I never saw him before in my life. You didn't. What's going on here?
3: Don't ask me. I just came here to collect for the newspaper.
6: Oh. <laughs> hey, him, Katie. Yes, ma'am. Hey, the maids giving the orders. What'd you do, lady? You lose an election bet? <laughs> Your money. Goodbye. Oh, too bad that was a false alarm. I had myself all primed. Oh, gee, I wish I could sit down. I'm weak.
4: Well, stiffen up and I'll lean you against something.
6: <laughs> Say, what does this Roscoe look like? Well, when I first met him, he was tall, dark, and handsome and had flowing hair. He uh, sent me a picture recently.
4: Is he still tall, dark, and handsome? Uh, no.
6: Somehow he managed to get
4: short and dumpy. <laughs> You know, that happens to a lot of men. And their hair stops flowing and just sort of trickles. Oh, that must be him. Go back in the living room. I'll get it. So you open the door, take his hat, show him in.
7: Good afternoon. I'm Roscoe Miller.
5: Oh, no. (laughs) Won't
4: you come in? May I take your hat? No, thank you. Madam is waiting in the living room. May I take your hat?
7: No, thank you.
4: I'll tell her you're here. May I take your hat?
7: Young lady, this may come as quite a shock to you, but I'm not wearing a hat.
5: (laughs)
4: Well, go right into the living room. What are you staring at?
7: I haven't seen anybody curtsy in years.
6: Oh, Roscoe Katie Oh come in and sit down, Roscoe. Oh,
7: thank you, Katie, thank you.
5: Yeah
7: oh. <laughs> <coughs> Well Ain't you gonna sit down too,
6: Katie? Oh, oh no, no, I'll stand.
7: Oh come on, Katie. sit down by me here on the couch. Yeah? Oh,
6: no, no, I always stand.
7: Oh, but why? Uh,
6: well, I um, uh, well I she uh, wants to be ready in case somebody plays the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's it. I'm very patriotic.
7: T- oh, you're talking bosh. Come on, sit down here. Roscoe,
6: Roscoe, no, let come go of my on, come arm. On,
7: Katie.
5: Just, just, just.
4: Well, there goes her patriotism.
6: (laughs) Excuse me, please. I'll go get the tea. Well, Roscoe, tell me all about yourself.
7: No, 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 Katie. You tell me all about yourself.
6: (laughs) No, Roscoe, I want to hear about you. You never married, did you? I can't understand why some girl didn't snap you up.
7: Well, Katie, you want to know something? Neither can I.
5: <laughs>
7: You're not married, are you, Katie?
6: No, Roscoe. Just like I wrote you in my letters, I don't even have any boyfriends.
7: Then whose cigar is that in the ashtray?
6: Cigar? Oh, oh dear. It's it's mine. <laughs> you? Yes, there's nothing I like better than a good cigar. Oh Well, here, have
7: one of mine. (laughs) Oh,
6: no. uh, No, I insist. Corona, corona. Here, I'll
7: light it for you. Oh,
6: no, I I don't feel like smoking right now. I'll I'll just hold it. (laughs) It uh, looks like a real expensive cigar. (laughs)
7: Yeah. I thought you didn't have any boyfriends, Katie. Here's a picture of a handsome young devil, and it's inscribed, yeah, to my darling... Wife! On our first anniversary.
6: Oh, yes. yes I, I guess I did marry him, but I divorced him right after.
7: Mm. Here's another in a hockey uniform. It says, to my wonderful wife on her fifth anniversary.
6: It does? Well, I, I married him later. Uh, we were divorced right after that.
7: Looks like the same fella.
6: Well, it I, Well, I mean, uh, they were twins.
4: Pardon me, madam, but how do you get the cream and sugar into those little tea bags?
6: (laughs) Never mind the tea. Never mind the tea. Just stay here and have a cigar. (laughs) What? Well, you see, Roscoe's been asking me about my husband. He saw the pictures. Uh Uh-oh.
5: She
7: doesn't
4: seem to make sense.
6: Oh, I'm
4: so sorry you brought it up, Mr. Miller. I should have warned you. We don't speak of... Him around here. It upsets her.
7: Oh, Katie, I'm sorry. What happened?
6: You tell him, Liz.
7: Yes, tell me. I, I sense something strange. I'm anxious to know what the story is going to be.
6: So am I.
4: Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, it seems he left here one night seven years ago, and and, and we haven't heard from him since. No. Yes. And he took the children with him. No. Yes. And he took her automobile with him.
5: The Cad?
4: No, the Buick.
5: <laughs>
6: and then we heard the bad news.
7: Uh, Katie, you don't have to torture yourself by listening to this, you know.
6: Oh, it's all right, Roscoe. I want to see how it comes out.
5: <laughs> Go ahead, please. Uh,
4: well the police came and uh, we learned the money was missing he knew the the grand jury was going to indict him and the strain was too much you mean yes amnesia
5: <laughs>
7: he's
4: wandering the world somewhere not even knowing who he is <laughs>
7: <laughs> no, no, no. no, Katie, k- Katie, don't you cry.
6: Oh, I can't help
5: it. That's the saddest story i ever heard. <laughs> <laughs>
7: now, maybe you'll find him someplace. What was his name?
4: Asker. <laughs> uh, uh, Adolf. Adolf Jensen.
7: Katie, I'm going to help you find this man. I'll hire a detective agency. Now, you tell me. Where did you meet this uh, Adal Jensen?
6: At the country At club. At
5: the
7: bank. I beg your pardon?
6: At the bank. At the country club.
5: <laughs>
7: Katie, certainly you know where you met your husband.
6: Oh, well, it was such a long time ago. How long? Eight
5: years. Ten years. Uh, ten uh-huh. years. Eight
4: years. <laughs> I'll get it. Excuse
7: me. Now you try to get hold of yourself, Katie.
4: Corey, Cartwright, am I glad to see you. Step out here on the porch.
1: Liz, dear, what's the matter? You've
4: got to help me. I'm in a jam. Now, look, Katie's old boyfriend is in there, and she wrote and told him she was wealthy, and now he thinks her husband is a bank embezzler, and I think he's getting wise.
1: You lost me around that last curve.
4: (laughs) Corey, try to understand. Roscoe Miller is Katie's old boyfriend who thinks she's married to Adolph Jensen. Adolph has amnesia because he embezzled a bank, and we've got to get rid of Roscoe before George comes home and he finds out the truth. Now, is that clear?
1: Sure. You just condensed the plot of the last three years of Ma Perkins.
4: (laughs) Look, I can't explain now. Just do me a favor and get rid of that man in our living room. Take him anywhere.
1: Well, I'll take him downtown and drop him somewhere. I was going to the railroad station anyway.
4: Oh, are you meeting someone?
1: No, but a lot of pretty girls travel on trains, and they're always kissing their friends hello and goodbye. Mm -hmm. I get down there just before train time. In the excitement, they don't know who they're kissing. (laughs)
4: Sorry. Now you forget about that and get rid of Roscoe for us.
6: Well, here's your dress, Mrs. Cougat. I worked on it for an hour, but it's ripped too bad to fix. You can take it out of my salary. Oh, nonsense, Katie. Hello?
3: Hi, dear. How are things going?
6: Oh, hello, George. Everything's fine.
3: Uh... You're not cooking dinner, are you?
4: (laughs) No, Katie's much better. You don't have to worry. Oh,
3: good. Say, is it all right if I bring a friend home?
4: Oh, certainly. Who is it? Anyone I know?
3: No, he's a stranger in town. Uh, Happened in and bought some bonds from me. Uh, His name's uh, Miller, Roscoe Miller. (gasps) Liz? Liz? Oh, I guess we were disconnected.
4: Oh, oh, George, no. George, hello? Oh, he hung up. Oh, what's the matter? Mrs.
5: Cougar's
4: just call me Liz. What? We've been held over, Katie. We've got to give a repeat show for the West Coast.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> but I don't understand. I don't know how, but somewhere George has found Roscoe, and
6: he's bringing him home for dinner. Oh, no, I can't go through it again, Mrs. Gugard. Call him back. Tell him I'm sick. Anything. I'll call him right away. Can you
8: imagine, Bessie? Those were his identical words.
4: Oh, darn. Somebody's on this party line. If
8: I hadn't been you, Ruthie, I'd have slugged him once. <laughs> I would have, Bessie, but how would it look? He's two feet shorter than me. Gee, you should to tell him about those elevated tunes. <laughs> I did. And guess what? I give up, hey. He was already wearing them Without him, he's three feet shorter than me I
4: wish they'd get off the line
8: Say, real thing I think we got company on the line Hey, big ears If you want to hear something Why don't you turn on the radio?
4: (laughs) I think they heard me Oh, why don't they hang up? I know just what to tell George. I'll say I have lockjaw. Lockjaw? Yes, and I can't eat dinner. How does this sound? Mm, don't come home tonight, George. I have lockjaw. Lockjaw.
6: Oh, it sounds sick. All right.
4: Oh, I hope they're through talking.
8: <coughs> what do you do then, Ruthie? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> he stopped the car and told me we were out of gas. Can you, ma'am? No kidding. And you believed them? Sure. Who do you think emptied the tank?
4: Pardon me, but I'd like to use this phone.
8: Uh Uh-oh. Miss Budinsky's back again. (laughs) Make like you don't hear her. We got right. Now, what were you saying, dearie?
4: Oh, they're going to be on there all day. Isn't there anything you can do? I've got an idea. Be very quiet now.
8: And there we were, just the two of us under the stars. He gazed into my eyes and I gazed into his and how could you gaze into each other's eyes if you were so much taller than him? I was sitting down and he was standing up. <laughs> You're so smart.
4: Pardon the interruption, please. This is the supervisor. We are putting this line out of service temporarily. Hang up, please.
8: Don't look now, but Nosy Josie's back again. Now,
4: look, I have to use this line. This is an emergency.
8: Oh, yeah? What kind of an emergency?
4: Uh, my house is on fire.
8: Then there's only one decent thing for us to do, Ruthie. Yeah. We'll go over and help her toast marshmallows. Very
4: funny. We'll
8: see. Yeah, Kit. Hang on a minute. I want to see how my roast is doing. Don't hang up. I won't.
4: Oh, Katie, I've got some now. Oh, Ruthie. Yeah, Kit. Uh, sorry, I gotta go now. My roast is burning up Hey. <laughs> oh, that's
5: too
4: bad. Well, goodbye, Bessie. Goodbye. One down now. We'll wait for
8: Bessie. Oh, Ruthie Yeah, kid The roast is okay Oh, that's
4: good But I gotta go now, Bessie My bath is running over And you know how that guy downstairs complains
8: Okay,
6: goodbye, Ruthie Goodbye
1: <laughs> Third National Bank Mr. Cougat, please Oh I'm sorry, Mr.
4: Cougat is gone for the day.
1: Are you sure? Why, yes, he left
4: with another gentleman. Said he was going to show him the town. Oh, darn. Two ladies gone. Oh, what do we do now? Get out the marshmallows, Katie. I think I'll set house on fire.
1: Hey, Liz, where are you? In
4: here,
1: Corey. Oh, well, I just stopped by to tell you I got rid of Roscoe Miller for you. I dropped him on a corner downtown.
4: Oh, why didn't you drop him into an open manhole?
1: Uh-oh. What happened? Well,
4: apparently, Roscoe wandered into the bank and met George, and Mother's little helper is bringing him home to dinner. Oh, no! Oh, yes, and you've got to go find them and head them off, or or we'll have to keep up this crazy Adolph Jensen business all night.
3: But where can I find them? I
4: don't know, but find them. Go to all the points of interest, places you'd show an out-of-town guest.
1: Say, that's a good idea. I haven't seen half those places myself.
5: (laughs)
3: Well, Mr. Miller, here we are. You know, the... Wait a minute. You
7: live here? Well, well yes. I thought you looked familiar. Oh, I've got wonderful news for you, son. What? <laughs> Welcome home, Adolph!
5: <laughs> Adolph!
7: Yes, Adolph, or George, as you call yourself. Now I got something to tell you, son. Before you go into that house, you should know something. You have a wife.
3: Well, I I should hope so. I had one this morning when I left the house.
7: Now, George, it only seems like this morning. Actually, it was seven years ago.
5: What are
7: you talking about? Uh, Well, this must be confusing to you, my boy. Now, don't worry. Just walk into that house. Your loved ones are waiting for you, Adolph Jensen. This is going to
3: be the happiest day of your life.
5: <laughs> I don't know
3: what you're talking about. Look, I'll open the door and show you. I'm not Adolph Jensen. I'm George Kuga. Hello, honey.
5: Adolph, welcome home. <laughs> what is
3: this? Come on, baby, give me a kiss.
7: No, Adolph, that's not your wife. The other one is. Although I can't say I blame you.
5: <laughs>
6: Adolf, darling.
3: Hey, what's the matter with all of you? Why do you keep calling
7: me Adolf?
4: Because that's your name. You've been sick. You've had amnesia for seven years and now you're well again.
7: And Katie's your wife.
3: Now I'm sick again.
5: <laughs> uh, what is
7: this? Now, uh, Adolph, we're trying to help you. Help you remember the past. First of all... What about the children?
1: The children? Yes,
7: Adolf, you remember, the children. I haven't got any
3: children. Oh, yes, you have. How many was it?
7: 7 Six. Six. Six.
5: Um, I'll
3: take it, Katie. Six. Well, if I have so many children, where are they now? Don't you have them? No, I don't. What have you done with them? Think, Adolf, thing. <laughs> Look, my name isn't Adolf. I'm George
7: Cougar. Is that clear? Well, he does seem rather positive, Katie. Are, are you sure this is a uh, Does he have any identifying marks? Tattoos, moles, warts, strawberry marks? No,
6: I don't think he has. Oh, yes, he does. He's got a darling mole on his left knee. He has? Oh, I mean, yes, he has. If Liz says so, oh, that's right.
3: Yes, Listen. I'm sick and tired of all this. I don't know what kind of a game you're playing, but I'm not Adolf Jensen. I'm George Cougat. I have no children. I'm married to Liz, and Katie's the maid. But he's in worse
7: shape than I thought. <laughs> I'll get
3: it. Yeah. Buck up, old man. Now,
7: you fight this thing. Oh, Corey. Hi, Liz.
4: Step out here. I want to explain things to you. Now, don't give us away. You see, somebody has come oh, back. Oh,
3: Corey, am I glad to see you. Come in here. You're just in time to save my life. Now listen, Miller. This is my best friend. He's known me for years. He'll tell you who I am. Why, Adolf,
4: don't you recognize him? Look who's here. Your oldest son. Corey, say something.
5: <laughs>
3: Daddy! Oh, <no. laughs>
4: It all worked out, didn't it, George? Roscoe never knew the difference. Katie's pride was saved. Nobody was hurt, were they?
3: I guess not, Liz. I'll have to admit, the old codger gave me a big order for some bonds.
4: Oh, he did? Yeah? Well, then maybe I can have that new fur coat. Can I, George? George, can I? Why don't you answer me?
3: Who are you, lady? I'm Adolph Jensen.
4: All <laughs> oh, right, I don't want the fur coat.
3: Hi, Liz. Oh, you. (laughs) No, I was just fooling. Come on, give me a kiss. Well, (laughs) give me a kiss. What's the matter, Liz?
4: I'm not Liz. I'm Mrs. Jensen. You are? Yes. (laughs) Turn off the lights, Adolf. George, Hey, George, are you asleep yet?
3: Oh, not quite. Why?
4: I've got the hiccups.
3: Oh, fine.
4: Never mind, I think they've stopped now.
3: No, that's good. Good night, dear. Good night. (laughs) Mm. Uh, Try holding your breath while you count to ten.
4: Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine... (laughs)
3: No, uh, count faster than that. One, two, three, four. Oh. Uh, one of the girls at the office has a system. She concentrates uh, to get rid of the hiccups. She names over all her old boyfriends.
4: Well, I'll try. Uh, but I don't think I had enough boyfriends to do any good. Let's see, Harold, Joe, Tommy, Chuck, Milt, Fred, Eddie, Peter, Jimmy, Ronald, Liz, Paul. Oscar, Desi, Walter, Bob, Al, Bill, Harry. Liz! John, Greg, Desi, Cliff, Roy, Cal, Dick, Mickey, Desi, Don, Kay, Charlie. Oh, George, it worked. They're gone.
3: Well, thank goodness.
4: Well, what are you mad about? It was your idea.
3: Well, I certainly didn't know you had so many boyfriends. Now, go to sleep.
4: All right. Good
5: night, George.
1: Ah! My Favorite Husband has been presented through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.
0: That's My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball and Richard Denning, from November 6, 1948. All of the classic radio shows we present on this series are direct from the master recordings. I have more than 100,000 original radio episodes under license from the owners and estates, and we make them available via digital download or on CD through our classic radio club, By joining the Classic Radio Club, you'll receive 10 superior-sounding classic radio shows sent directly to you each month, along with detailed liner notes and photos of the stars. You'll receive your first 10 classic radio episodes for only $1, and you can cancel at any time. To learn more about the Classic Radio Club, log on to ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. I'll have another comedy episode of My Favorite Husband for you after this short break. Welcome back to the Classic Radio Theater. I'm your host, Carl Amari. On this episode of My Favorite Husband, it's April Fool's Day and George has lipstick on his handkerchief. Here's Lucille Ball in My Favorite Husband.
1: It's time for My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball.
4: Jello, everybody.
1: Yes, it's the new gay family series, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning, brought to you by the Jello family of desserts. J E L L.
0: Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jello family. Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jello family. That's Jello, Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O puddings. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O cap.
1: puddings. Yes, sirree. And now Lucille Ball with Richard Denning as Liz and George Cooper. Two people who live together and like it. <laughs> As we look in on the Coopers tonight, George hasn't returned home from work, and Liz is in the kitchen talking to Katie, the maid.
4: Do you know what day this is, Katie?
6: Yes, Mrs. Cooper, it's
4: Friday. Yes, but it's also April Fool's Day, and I just thought I'd warn you that I put an exploding cigarette in that package in the living room.
6: Well, why warn me? Do you think I snitch cigarettes out of your living room?
4: Oh, why no, Katie, but I noticed that you're smoking and I just didn't want I to...
6: might not make much here, Mrs. Cooper, but I can still buy my own cigarettes. <laughs> I don't stoop to petty things like stealing them.
4: I'm sorry, Katie. It's just that you have a cigarette in your mouth and I wanted to be sure you didn't get the exploding one.
6: I accept your apology. <laughs> <laughs> Well, never mind the laughing, Mrs. Cooper. Help me find my upper plate. <laughs>
4: oh, there's one joke gone bluey. Well, this trick won't miss. Mm-hmm. Well, what are you doing, Mrs. Cooper? Mm-hmm. Kissing the
6: handkerchief?
4: Yeah, I want to smear it all up good with lipstick and slip it in George's pocket. I don't get it. Don't you see? I'll make some excuse and get him to take out his handkerchief and then I'll just step back and let him try to explain the lipstick on it.
6: Oh, Mrs. Cooper, that's an awful thing to do to anybody.
4: Yeah, it's a dirty, sneaky thing to do, and I'm glad I thought of it.
6: But how are you going to plant it on him?
4: You're going to help me. Now, when he comes in, I'll stop him in the hall, and you reach out through the kitchen door and put the handkerchief in his overcoat pocket.
6: Oh, I feel like one of those... Uh, what do they call pickpockets? A regular drip. Oh. <laughs> that's dip. Dip.
4: Now get ready, Katie. He'll be home any minute. Here's the handkerchief.
3: Here you are, Mr. Anderson, a chocolate malt. Uh, Oh, hi, Mr. Cooper. Hello, Felix. How's the drugstore business tonight? Oh, business is fine, Mr. Cooper. Everybody's sick. What
2: can I do for you?
3: Well, uh, I want to play an April Fool joke on my wife, and I was wondering, if you sell any of those uh, novelty gags? Like a glass of dribbles or or itching powder or candy with soap in it? Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We don't have any. Oh, that's too bad. Hey, why don't you try Miller's? They got some swell-loaded cigars. Well, that'd be fine, Felix, but Liz gave up cigars for Lent. (laughs) Well, you might try the trick I played on my fiancée, Imogene. We're engaged. Uh, I gathered that. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway,
2: I told her I'd lost my job and didn't have any money. (laughs) Just as a joke.
3: Did she fall for
5: it? Yeah, I
2: think so. (laughs) She gave me my ring back.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's a good idea, Felix. I'll tell Liz I lost my job at the bank. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do you think she'll give you your ring back? No, no, that's too much to hope for. (laughs) But it'll be a lot of fun.
4: Oh, here comes George now, Katie. Don't forget the handkerchief. Is that you, George?
3: Yes, dear. It's me. I'm home.
4: Why, George, what's the matter? You look sick. Are you ill?
3: No, Liz. I...
4: You got hit by a car.
3: <laughs> no, honey. You I... were robbed. No, darling. You've I...
4: been poisoned?
3: No. Well,
4: I... don't just stand there like a lump of putty. Tell me what happened.
3: Liz, I lost my job.
4: Oh, is that all? Is that all? Oh, George, what's a job as long as it isn't your health? If you'd broken your leg or something, it would be...
5: You lost your job!
4: (laughs) Oh, why couldn't you just have broken your leg? How did it happen?
3: They fired me, Liz. I've foreclosed my last widow. They're already scraping my name off the door.
4: I can't believe it.
3: Yes. When I left, it was already down to George Coop.
4: <laughs> but, George, you've been with the bank ten years.
3: I know. Everybody felt terrible about it. There wasn't a dry eye in the place.
4: Well, I should hope not.
3: It even caused a run on the bank. It did? Yes. They were all crying so hard people thought the bank had failed.
4: <laughs> but why, George? Why did they fire you?
3: Well, they bank examiner discovered I'd done something wrong. George, you don't mean that you... Yes, Liz, I put new points in the bank pens.
5: (laughs) What? (laughs) April Fool!
4: (laughs) You mean you didn't lose your job?
3: Oh, of course not. Boy, did you fall for that.
4: (laughs) George Cooper, that was a dirty trick.
3: Well, you're not mad, are you, Liz? I sort of half expected you to play an April Fool's trick on me.
6: Me? <laughs>
4: I wouldn't stoop to such a low trick.
3: <laughs> Missy
6: can I see you a minute? I'll be right
4: there, Katie. George, uh, give me your handkerchief a minute, will you?
3: Uh, well, wait till I take my overcoat off.
4: No, don't take your coat off yet.
3: Well, why not? It's warm in here.
4: Oh, well, then why don't you take out your handkerchief and mop your brow?
3: Liz, do you feel well?
4: I feel Fine. Matter of fact, I I feel like playing a game What game? Drop the handkerchief
3: (laughs) I think you've blown your top, Liz
4: George, kiss me
3: Yeah, do you mind if I take my coat off first?
4: No, kiss me right
6: now
3: Liz, if you're driving at something, I want to... (laughs) 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 Now I've got to take my coat off
4: Oh, look, I got lipstick on you Give me your handkerchief, darling Oh,
3: never mind, I'll take it off for the cleaning
4: Oh, give me your handkerchief There's one sticking out of your coat pocket Well,
3: that's funny, I never carry a handkerchief thing
4: Let's have it
3: I don't know how this got in my... Uh Uh-oh, that's not a handkerchief
4: Let me see it
3: It's uh, not a handkerchief what is it? Uh, my shirt tail I, I have a hole in my pocket
4: <laughs> If it's your shirt tail How can you hold it Behind your back like that?
3: It isn't easy
5: <laughs>
4: Let me see that, George Why, it is a handkerchief And it's got lipstick on it
3: uh, No, it hasn't, Liz Honest, it, it, that's not lipstick
4: Then what is it?
3: Well, it, the, the truth is I had a nosebleed today
4: Oh, you did.
3: Yeah, that's it. I had a nosebleed.
4: Your blood type seems to be tangy. <laughs>
3: well, Liz, I might as well tell you the truth. Don't strain yourself.
6: Mrs. Cooper, come here a minute, will you? Just a minute, Katie.
4: Well, George, have you thought of a good truth yet?
3: Yes. I, I mean, uh, this is the way it happened. Uh, you know Miss Johnson, that homely, old maid secretary down at the bank. Yes. Hmm. Well, I accidentally bumped into her and some of her lipstick got on my cheek.
4: She doesn't even come up to your shoulder. What was she doing, walking on stilts?
5: <laughs> well, no. You don't
4: really expect me to believe that, do you?
3: All right. I'll tell you the truth. I haven't the slightest idea where that lipstick came from. You think what you want to. I don't care to discuss it anymore. <laughs> What are you laughing at?
5: (laughs) April
4: Fool! (laughs) What are you talking about? That's my lipstick I put some of it on your handkerchief And I planted it on you (laughs)
3: Well, you didn't fool me I knew it all the time
5: (laughs) Oh,
4: sure. Oh, George, you were so funny
3: Now we're even
4: Oh, husbands are so silly They have such guilty consciences Don't you know I'd trust you, George? No matter how bad things looked.
3: Oh, thank you, darling. <laughs> Mrs. Cooper?
4: Oh, I forgot. Come in, Katie. I'll be right back, darling. What do you want, Katie? It's about your April
6: Fool joke, Mrs. Cooper. Oh, it worked beautifully. You should have seen George's face. You mean you've already done it? Yes, why? Well, how could you? I didn't put the hand... Katie!
5: <laughs> what are
6: you trying to tell me but he didn't stand close enough to the door i couldn't get the handkerchief in his pocket oh no katie i've still got it here it is
1: what are you
3: doing honey come on into the living room and talk to me baby don't baby me you monster
4: all right george how did the lipstick get on that other handkerchief
3: i don't know i thought you said you trusted me liz
4: i did and look what happened
3: I thought it was a scream when I had one handkerchief with lipstick on it Two of them ought to give you a real laugh
4: You should be ashamed of yourself, George Cooper
3: Look, Liz, I've been framed Ha! Huh? Liz, outside of this house, I don't know what a kiss is Scientists don't know what electricity
4: is either, but they know how to use it
3: Oh, stop it. I thought you were the one who wasn't jealous
4: I'm not, I merely have a healthy curiosity
3: well, for the last time, I don't know where that lipstick came from. Ha! <laughs> now look, I'm getting fed up. Do you believe me or not?
4: All right, George.
3: All right. I believe you. And that's the last time we'll hear of it?
4: Yes, George.
3: Good. Now, let's go to bed.
4: All right. George? What? Who was she? Oh, <laughs> George. George, wake up. Hmm? What's the matter? Was it the blonde cashier at the bank?
3: Oh, Liz, this is the third time you've waked me up. Now cut it out.
4: Was it Anita Aaron, Elaine Abbott, Dora Allberg, the A1 Cleaning Company? No, it couldn't be them.
3: Where are you getting those names?
4: Out of the phone book. <laughs> I'm going to find out who it was if I have to go through the whole book.
3: Oh, go to sleep. Mike Cooper, start talking. <clears throat> what, what are you doing, Liz? Don't shine that bright light in my face.
4: This is a third degree. Now start talking. Who was it?
3: Now stop it, Liz. You, you've been pestering me all night. Now will you please let me get some sleep?
4: Well, all right, George. I won't ask you any more tonight.
3: Thank you. Good night. Oh, no, that isn't the alarm, is it?
4: Yes, and now that it's morning, George, who was it?
1: Well, seems like everything happens to the Coopers, and that's not just cricket, is it? But say, here's something swell that can happen to your family. You can start right now treating them to delicious jello puddings. Jell-O chocolate, butterscotch, and vanilla pudding. Boy, take it from me, there's something rich and distinctive, smooth as cream, chuck full of old-fashioned homemade goodness. Try luscious jello chocolate pudding in this tempting chocolate roll. Just prepare your pudding as directed on the package, reducing the milk to one and three-quarter cups. Cool, spread on a sheet of sponge cake, and roll it up like a jelly roll. It's a grand and glorious dessert treat. Jell-O Puddings is so quick and easy to prepare. All you do is add milk and they take about five minutes to cook. Get all three Jell-O Puddings tomorrow and find out why more women buy Jell-O Puddings than any other prepared puddings in the world.
5: J-E-L-L-O
3: Hey, George. George, wake up. I tell you, I don't know where the lipstick came from. What are you talking about, George? You went to sleep right at your desk. Huh? Oh, oh, hi, George. Uh. I didn't get any sleep last night. Liz found a handkerchief in my pocket with lipstick on it.
2: Oh, George, you sly devil, you.
3: <laughs> I have no idea where it came from. Hey,
2: George, George, this is Joe, not Liz. I'm telling you the
3: truth. Oh, it's a shame. Shame?
2: Yeah. As long as you got arrested, it's too bad you didn't get to enjoy the crime.
3: Very funny.
2: Oh, don't worry, George. Uncle Joe's got a great idea. I'll call Liz and tell her I planted the handkerchief on you for an April Fool's joke. Now you're talking sense. And it's all settled. I'll call right after you get home tonight. And The minute she hangs up, she'll fall into your arms. Good. Oh, do oh, say, I almost forgot what I came in here for. Atterbury wants to see you in his office. Yeah,
3: oh, all right. Uh, don't forget to call tonight. I won't. Did you uh, send for me, Mr. Atterbury? Yes, yes. Come in, George boy. Understand you had a little uh, trouble at
2: home last
3: night. Well, uh, yes, but how'd you hear about it?
2: Uh, well, <laughs> things get
3: around. <laughs> oh, you devil, you. Oh, not you, too. I have no idea who put that lipstick on my handkerchief. Of course not.
2: Who was she, boy?
3: Listen, I said I don't know. But if I find the moron who put that handkerchief in my pocket, I'll punch him right in the nose.
2: Oh, I don't think you would.
3: Not much I wouldn't. Well, here's my nose. Start punching. Are you the moron? I mean, did you do it? (laughs) April fool! (laughs) Oh, it worked better than I thought. (laughs) Well, I should say it did. Liz is furious with it. Yeah, no. She kept me up all night quizzing. Yeah. <laughs> well, frankly, Mr. Atterbury, I don't think it was funny. If you want to see me on business, I'll be in my office. Oh, Goodbye. I, I, don't go away, mad boy. Oh,
2: that poor guy. I'll do something to straighten it out for him.
6: Cooper, you can't stay out here in the kitchen all night.
4: I'm very happy reading this book. I don't care to sit in the same room with you know who until he explains how that you know what got into his you know where.
6: You mean you're going to stay here until what's his name explains about what you ma call it? Yes, and don't
4: worry about me. I'm not the least bit upset. And I'm enjoying this book.
6: Do you always hold the book upside down when you read it? What?
4: Oh, well, I wish I didn't know where that hanky came from. I'll get it. Hello. Hello,
2: Liz. This is Joe Ridgely.
4: Oh, hello, Joe. Do you want to speak to George?
2: Hey, well, gosh, I don't know if I dare. I, I hope I haven't caused him any trouble. What do you mean? Well, yesterday was April Fool's, and I put a handkerchief in his pocket with a lot of lipstick on it. You did? Yeah. And then I forgot to go ahead with the trick, and he went home before I remembered. You weren't mad, were you?
4: Me? Mad? Oh, Joe.
2: Well, some women would have blown their tops.
4: Joe, what kind of a wife do you think I am? (laughs) (laughs) I did see it, and George said he didn't know where it came from, and that was the end of it. Yeah? Sure. Well,
2: I, I just thought I'd call in case anything went wrong.
4: Well, thanks for calling, Joe. George? Yes, Liz? That was Joe Ridgely on the phone.
3: Oh, now do you believe I didn't know where that handkerchief came from? How did you know what he told me? (laughs) I was listening to your end of the conversation, and I put two and two together.
5: Oh.
4: Well, George, I'm sorry.
3: Oh, that's all right, Liz. I understand. I understand.
4: I guess I was just a mean, jealous, nagging wife.
3: Yes, you were.
4: Well, you don't have to agree with me.
3: Oh, now, honey, now, don't start crying.
4: Do you forgive me?
3: Well, I I guess so.
4: Kiss me, George. I promise never to be jealous again. Scout's honor.
3: Honey, you just don't appreciate me. I'm as trustworthy and loyal as an old dog.
4: George. What? Let me sit on your lap, dog. (laughs) Oh, darn it. I'll get it. Hello.
2: Hello. Is that you, Liz, girl?
4: Oh, hello, Mr. Atterbury. How are you?
2: Fine, girl, fine. But I have some explaining to do to you. To me? Yes. It's about a little April Fool joke I played on George.
4: Oh, you too. I just heard about another one that was played on him. What did you do?
2: Uh, I slipped a handkerchief with lipstick on it in George's pocket. (laughs) (laughs) Liz? Are you there?
4: I'm here, all right. Didn't you notice anything unusual when you put the handkerchief in George's pocket? Like what? Like finding you were shaking hands with Joe Ridgely.
2: I I don't know what you mean. I just wanted to be sure you understood, Liz. Oh, I
4: understand perfectly.
2: Oh, then everything's all right.
4: Everything is just ginger peachy.
2: Good. Well, goodbye, girl.
4: Goodbye, boy.
3: What was it, Liz?
4: You're back in the doghouse, Rover. What's the matter? Another entry has just come in in the George Cooper Alibi Derby. What? What? Joe Ridgely said he put the handkerchief in your pocket. Now Mr. Atterbury comes up with the same story. Which story do you want me to believe?
3: Well, now, Liz...
4: Which friend has the phony?
5: <laughs> now, Liz,
3: I can explain. Mr. Atterbury was telling the truth, and Joe was just doing me a favor i jealous again
4: You're darn right I am
3: Well, what about that scout's honor?
4: Shake hands with an
3: ex-brownie Liz, I've told you the truth If you don't believe me, I'll treat you like the child that you are and put you over my knee You wouldn't dare Oh,
5: wouldn't I? Come on, put over knee my down. Knee. I won't let you Oh, oh,
3: oh, oh, oh You're just crying because I hurt your pride
4: And that isn't all. (laughs) Gee, that hurt. I never got spanked that much when I was little.
3: Well, when you were little, there wasn't that much to spank.
4: (laughs) First, you smooch other women, then you beat me, and now you say I'm a big fat cow. I'm (laughs) you for a big fat cow. See, you admit it. (laughs) Well, George, if that's the way you're going to act, there isn't room for both of us under this roof. I'm leaving. George, I said I'm leaving. Goodbye. Now, don't you try and stop me. Who's stopping? I'm going to leave right now. Well, I'm leaving.
3: Okay, okay. I really am leaving. Goodbye.
4: For the last time, I'm leaving.
3: I said goodbye.
4: Goodbye. Next time, I'm going out the door.
5: Go
3: ahead.
4: Oh, you heartless beast. Just for that,
6: I'm leaving. Goodbye. Go
4: ahead, Give me another one. And this time make it a double. I'm gonna drown my sorrows. But Mrs. Cooper, that's your third lemon Coke. (laughs) I know, Felix. I don't care what happens to me. Felix, men are beasts.
5: (laughs) Yeah, I guess we are.
4: (laughs) And George Cooper's the biggest beast of all. I always thought he was a great guy. To you, yes. But to me, he's cruel and nasty. Gee whiz. And I've left him forever. Gee whiz. Do you know what he did, Felix? He beat me. Gee whiz. (laughs) I had a feeling you'd say that.
3: Liz, there you are. Gee whiz, I've been looking all over for you. Don't speak to her, you cad. What? Liz, I didn't think you were serious about leaving. Come on home. Felix, will
4: you tell Mr. Cooper I'm not speaking to him?
3: She's not speaking to you. Oh, look, Liz! Throw
1: I... me, please.
3: <laughs> well, tell her I apologize, and I'd like her to come home with me. He apologizes, and he'd like you to come home with him.
4: I'm not going home to a wife beater.
3: She's not going home to a
0: wife beater. Go oh, for heaven's sake! Go for heaven's sake!
4: <laughs> tell Mister Cooper he's wasting his time.
0: You're
3: wasting your time. I am not. He is not I refuse to continue this
4: exchange of banalities And I will consider it a favor If he will remove his person from this vicinity
7: I refuse to...
3: (laughs) You care for a malt, Mr. Cooper? Now, Liz, cut out this nonsense Now, Liz, cut out this nonsense You keep out of this,
8: Felix You keep out of this, Felix Oh, to Cooper that I Why George Cooper how are you Hello Charlie Say I'm glad I ran into you I've got your overcoat What Yeah I picked it up by mistake at lunch yesterday you must have mine Here's yours Oh thanks
4: Let me see that Oh well, George it is your coat
8: I hope you didn't look in the pockets of my coat I had a heavy date the night before <laughs> <laughs> George, if,
4: if this is true, what about those other stories, Mr. Atterbury's and Ridgely's?
3: Oh, they were just friends trying to help me out. Oh,
4: George, I'm awfully
3: sorry. Well, you should be. Uh, I'll bring your coat down to the bank tomorrow, Charlie.
8: Oh, all right, George. Oh, give me a Coke, son.
4: George, will you, will you take me with you, please?
3: Well, all right.
4: Oh, thanks, George. You're so wonderful. Gee whiz. I'm sure glad they made up. They're
8: swell people, aren't they? I don't know. I never saw them before.
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but how come you had his coat?
8: Search me. He stopped me on the street outside, handed me the coat, gave me ten bucks to come in and say that. <laughs>
1: Yes, Lucille. Well,
4: so long, Robert. I'm off on another session of making the most out of radio.
1: What are you going to do?
4: I'm going to see the world, find out what's going on. Let's see now, Alaska, the Bering Straits, the land of the midnight sun. Mm-hmm. Sounds like fun. That's it, Mr. Soundman. On to the Arctic Ocean. I said on to it, not into it.
5: <laughs>
4: what's the matter? Couldn't you get your bearings straight? <laughs>
1: uh,
4: well, Alaska looks pretty good.
1: Bum, 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 bee, boo Well,
4: here comes a great big white bear, and it's singing. Uh, pardon me. What kind of a bear are you?
1: I'm a polar.
4: <laughs> I had to pick up an Alaskan cornball. Uh, say, how come you can talk, bear boy?
1: Well, if I couldn't, how could I say the jello puddings are a trio of treats?
4: Well, you know, you have a very important point there. What else is brewing along the same line? Brewing, get it?
1: (laughs) Well, Jell-O chocolate pudding is luscious with deep-down chocolatey goodness.
4: Well, I'll bear you out on that. (laughs) I'm sorry, go ahead, I won't say another word.
1: Jell-O butterscotch pudding has that buttery brown sugar flavor. Jell-O vanilla pudding is rich and smooth as cream jell puddings are so easy to make, too. All you do is add milk, and they take only about five minutes to cook to a velvety-rich perfection.
4: Thank you. You have just heard a program from Alaska where the nights are six months long. Tune in again tomorrow night at half past November and hear our little comedy of Eskimo family life, The Icebergs. Good night, all.
1: You have been listening to My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning and based on characters created by Isabel Scott Rory. Lucille Ball will soon be seen in the Columbia picture, Miss Grant Takes Richmond. Be sure to listen to Lucille Ball and My Favorite Husband again next week, presented by... J-E-L-L Oh, the big red letters stand
0: for the Jell-O family. Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. That's Jell-O. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O pudding. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O tap. The Pudding yes-ery.
1: Bob Lamont speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
0: And that's My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball and Richard Denning from April 1st, 1949. Stick around, I'll give you our lineup for episode 13 of the Classic Radio Theatre after this break. Next time on episode 13 of the Classic Radio Theatre brought to you by the Bradford Exchange, we'll hear two detective episodes of Philip Marlowe, so don't miss it. To reach me and to learn more about the Classic Radio Club, Visit ClassicRadioClub.com. Be sure to tune into our show next time. Thanks for listening.